Hello, everyone. Hello, everyone, and welcome. Welcome. Welcome to another episode of Blastburn Radio. Blastburn Radio. I am your host, your boy, Jolly by Nature, and with me today, with me today, as always, are our scrappy friends, our sleepy time friends, our sweet, sweet gentle princes among men, our fantastic co-host, Rohane. Well, my name is Rohane. I am a little confused at what's going on, but pretty excited. Celeste. Hi, I'm Celeste. Um, I am a transgender gamer girl. And Messer Engine. So I'm Messer Engine. You can call me Mez. So <laughs> uh, we showed up because uh, Jolly invited us to some sort of Pokemon challenge. And uh, I told him I'd show up for our first episode here and figure out what the hell's going on. Okay, so I called you fellas here to start this show. And it wasn't just for us to... To, to wax eloquent about Pokemon. Well, that's fun, and we'll be doing a lot of that. But I'm actually here to issue a challenge, or specifically the challenge. So, gentlemen, are you at all familiar with the Nuzlocke rule set? Uh, there are only three rules to a Nuzlocke run. Rule number one is that you may only catch the first Pokemon that you encounter in a given room. My first two catches, uh, Pidgey and Rattata. I got my Route 1 encounter, which was uh, a Pidgey. My first encounter was a Rattata. I encountered a Venonat. Route 6 gave me my Abra. We received a Slowpoke. And then Starmie appeared. We caught an Oddish. A Dusclops. A Skitty. I lucked out into a 5% encounter Marowak. A uh, Misdreavus. A male Ralts. I walk in, Sock appears. And there was a Golden Bidoof. And got a fucking shit monkey. Now, rule number two, where this gets really interesting, is if a Pokemon faints for any reason, it is considered dead. I was tired. I just rolled my eyes and clicked that earthquake button. And that Haunter used Dream Eater and blew our sweet, sweet four loco away. One shot, gone. A Magnetron Thunderbolted Spicy Cat. And so Spicy Cat is now KIA. Was not thinking, and I swapped in my poor little baby Larvitar into a level 40 tentacruel that new bubble beam and it got destroyed pigma betrayed my heart you guys i was like you gotta do it girl you gotta get that that sweet full damage or you could crit just oink at him real fucking loud didn't do it so our sweet our sweet fire baby is dead before she began she's bacon i have experienced blastburn radio's first total party the third rule is simply that everything that you catch you have to nickname i know it seems kind of silly but the, the nickname rule actually does make sense within the context of the rule set the, the whole point of the nuzlocke rule set is to it helps foster a, 
uh, closeness with your team. You know? you know, I went into this week with a naming theme. I had a theme picked out. Like, I had a list of names I was going to draw from. It was all there. Then I looked at little Charmander in the eyes, and he was just a bobber. Like, he just looked like a bobber to me. And we named our Mudkip Gustav. Our boy Turtwig named Speedy. Neppy. Austin. Picard. Mojito Vamanos. It ended up being a sturdy sock. I named him Powerhouse. Bakunawa. Montalvo. Hirotorusu. <laughs> we caught a, a weasel? Uh, who we named Shiloh? Jason. Magma. No one fights like Gaston. So with that, we picked up Slickback, our, our new baby Murkrow. Keiko. Trask, our Zubat. Our good boy, For Loco. Together, we explored strange new lands and made new friends. We named them, and we loved them. And ultimately, those experiences changed us. I fucking hate Zubat with a passion. When I see a Zubat, my eyebrows furrow. Gen 3 is, is my least favorite in the entire series. Um, Ruby and Sapphire just didn't hook me like the earlier and later entries in the series. It just kind of hit a flat note for me personally. And now Trask is best boy, even post-mortem. I will never look at Zubats the same way again. After playing through my Emerald series, well, I get it. At its best, the Hoenn region is incredibly iconic and it feels great to play it. I'm talking about places like, what is it, Route 118, where the Weather Institute is, and you first enter it and there's a thunderstorm going and that thunder crashes and the rain is pouring down and the grass is way above your head. That's an experience like nothing before in Pokemon and it gets you, or at least it gets me. I mean, realistically, here at the end, I'm glad that I got to go through and play them again and it reminded me about everything that I love about the series. It was brutal. It was an absolute slugfest. But at the same time, I don't know that I've ever felt so accomplished just to complete a Nuzlocke. This has been a wild ride. And I wouldn't, I honestly wouldn't trade it for anything. Like, I've learned so much, not just about Pokemon that I didn't know, or Nuzlocke, but about myself. Not only that, it sparked an interest in Pokemon that had been gone for years. And then just nuzlocking in general, it's just so much fun. I could see myself nuzlocking games for years to come. I also got to spend time constantly and continuously with some of my best friends. And that's also something that I will forever be grateful for. And then I finished the E4 and I feel like the fucking superstar of the fucking world. Because every time those credits roll at the end... And I go, I made it all the way from the beginning to the end. I feel so good. Now, in 2021, we're going to do it all again. Coming this March to a podcatcher near you. You are now listening to Blast Burn Radio.